Welcome back to Ascend Student Ministries Anchored Podcast. Today we are in Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4 reads, And Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness for forty days, being tempted by the devil. And he ate nothing during those days. And when they were ended, he was hungry. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become bread. And Jesus answered him, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone. And the devil took him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time, and said to him, To you I will give all this authority and their glory, for it has been delivered to me, and I will give it to whom I will. If you then will worship me, it will all be yours. And Jesus answered him, It is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. And he took him to Jerusalem and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you're the Son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you to guard you. And on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against the stone. And Jesus answered him, It is said, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. And when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and a report about him went out through all the surrounding country, and he taught in their synagogues, being glorified by all. And when he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and as was his custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, And he stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set a liberty to those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down, and the eyes of all the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. And all spoke well of him and marveled at the gracious words that were coming from his mouth. And they said, Is this not Joseph's son? And he said to them, Doubtless you will quote to me this proverb, Physician, heal yourself. What we have heard you did at Capernaum, do here in your hometown as well. And he said, Truly I say to you, no prophet is acceptable in his hometown. But in truth I tell you, there were many widows in Israel in the days of Elijah, when the heavens were shut up three years and six months. And a great famine came over all the land. And Elijah was sent to none of them, but only to Zarephath, in the land of Sidon, to a woman who was a widow. And there were many lepers in Israel in the time of the prophet Elijah, and none of them was cleansed, but only Naaman the Syrian. When they heard these things, all in the synagogue were filled with wrath. And they rose up and drove him out of the town, and brought him to the brow of the hill on which their town was built, so that they could throw him down the cliff. But passing through their midst, he went away. And he went down to Capernaum, a city of Galilee, and he was teaching them on the Sabbath. And they were astonished at his teaching, for his word possessed authority. And in the synagogue there was a man who had a spirit of an unclean demon. And he cried out with a loud voice, Ha! What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. And when the demon had thrown him down in their midst, he came out of him, having done him no harm. And they were all amazed and said to one another, What is this word? For with authority and power he commands the unclean spirits, and they come out. And reports about him went out into every place in the surrounding region. And he arose and left the synagogue and entered Simon's house. Now Simon's mother-in-law was ill with a high fever, and they appealed to him on her behalf. And he stood over her and rebuked the fever, and it left her. And immediately she rose and began to serve them. Now when the sun was setting, all those who had any who were sick with various diseases brought them to him, and he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. And demons also came out of many, crying, You are the Son of God. But he rebuked them and would not allow them to speak, because they knew that he was the Christ. 
And when it was day, he departed and went into a desolate place. And the people sought him and came to him and would have kept him from leaving. But he said to them, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns as well, for I was sent for this purpose. And he was preaching in the synagogues of Judea. For our negative truth today, we're really going to focus on the opposition that we begin to see against Jesus here. And so in the last chapter, we saw that there was some opposition to John the Baptist and the ministry that he had. Here in this chapter, we see the opposition in the temptation of the devil. But I'd like for us to really focus in on his rejection in Nazareth. This is where we see that the people do not necessarily want what Jesus has to offer. Not only that, they're very fickle and very self-serving in what they're seeking. He displays that to them as he's reading here in the synagogue on the Sabbath. He says that this has been fulfilled in their midst. Yet they are really pondering, hey, we know who this person is. We know his father. We know what's going on. How is it that he says this has been fulfilled? When we look back at what's going on here, these people are rejecting Jesus because they know who he is or they think they know who he is. He has not displayed himself to the people in terms of these massive miracles that are going to accompany us in the story later. And so as we see what's happening here, they're rejecting the words that he's saying based upon their understanding of who they think he is. But I really want us to focus in on what his response to that is. He says, when God's people are not ready to see and hear what God has to say, God finds other people. How does he say that? Look here when he says, In the days of Elijah, when the heavens were shut for three years and six months, there was a great famine all over the land. He was sent to only one person in the land of Sidon to provide the miracle that would take place. The same thing for Naaman, who was the Syrian, who had leprosy. There were many widows, there were many people with leprosy that God could have gone to in that time. But when the people had turned their back from the Lord, he chooses to go outside his people to display his miracles and to display his nature. And so as we think about that here in our context, it's also important, hey, Naaman didn't exactly come looking and come specifically wanting to listen to what God had to say. Naaman really struggled with that when we see his story. When we look at the story of the widow, we see that there was great joy that she had when she was able to be a part of that. But God's people are not always going to be the ones that he specifically gives his blessings to. When we look down at what the result of this is, we get kind of a foretaste of what's going to happen when people want to reject the message of Jesus. It's kind of crazy. We can look here in chapter 4 of Luke. So really early on in his public ministry, really early on in the telling of the gospel, the people try to throw him over a cliff. Look down there. It says they drive him out of the town. They bring him to the brow of the hill, which their town was built, so they can throw him down the cliff. And Jesus is able to you know, slip away from them, passing through their midst. He's able to go off and continue his ministry. But we see here that the rejection of the message of Jesus is so great that they're willing to kill a man for what he has to say. It's going to be important for us to understand. Keep a pin in that thought because we should not be surprised when we see that later on in the story that because they reject the message of God's messenger, they're willing to kill a man. They are, in fact, just like the unfaithful people that would have been found in the days of Elijah or the days of Naaman. In those days, 
the people of God were not looking for what God was trying to bless them with. They were not looking for the way that God was calling them to live, and instead they suffered the ramifications of a lack of faith in a faithless generation and what that did to their nation. So for us today, as we consider the ramifications of this passage, it's important that we consider the message that God is bringing to us and not always just focusing on the uh, seeming authority of the messenger who sends it. And if we see the message that Jesus is proclaiming here, I certainly think this would be something that the people would be excited about. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. They certainly would want the Lord's favor and it to be displayed in the magical or mystical ways that he's described here that will be miraculous encounters that Jesus is a part of. But the problem is they don't think Jesus Jesus is going to bring that. And so when we listen to the message of God's word, we're not usually going to be encountering people who are saying, I am fulfilling this promise of God in your presence. Instead, they're usually telling us about those promises of God, helping us to see how that applies to our life, and then hopefully allowing us to live in light of those promises in our day-to-day life. As far as questions from this passage, we can see here that Luke records the first miracle of Jesus in his account as being the healing of this man with an unclean demon. It's important for us to understand that Luke is not saying that this is the first miracle that Jesus has done, but it's the first that he chooses to include in his account. As we understand that Luke is a physician, we'll see that the majority of the miracles that he records in his account are those of healings or dealing with the physical nature of these people that are around him. And so we will see many times healing of demons, healing of sickness, healing of infirmities, healing of other maladies throughout his accounts. And so it's important that we understand, hey, he's not saying that this is the first miracle that took place. John will make that claim in his gospel. uh, And Luke does not make that claim here, even though we are seeing that Luke is giving a much more detailed summary of what Jesus's life and ministry looked like, we will also see that the Gospel of John clearly states that if we were to write down all of these different things that took place, we would not have enough time or space to do that. And so it's important as we walk through these accounts to to realize that, that this is not saying that everything is included in this account, but there are going to be greater details provided than we've seen in two of the other accounts. So if you were wondering, hey, is this the first miracle that Jesus did? The answer is no, but it was one that was towards the front side of his ministry, as we'll see that he begins to start gathering the disciples to him and officially calling them in the next chapter. Maybe that was your question for today, but as we do each day, we want you to answer the questions that you have from this passage. Maybe as you read through the passage, you asked a question of yourself, something that you didn't understand, something that you didn't know. Look for that answer, discover the way in which God's Word explains that answer, and then share that with others as they might have that same question too. And you can be growing in your ability to explain God's Word while also helping others grow in their understanding of it. So as we study God's Word together today, as we seek to honor Him in all we do, know today you are loved. You're